One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Let's start this episode with a question. A question that I post to you today. For you to ponder for years to come. Who are you in the metaverse? Are you you? Are you an avatar or a hologram? Who do you become when the physical and digital worlds collide? What makes you you? And in turn, did web 1.0 or web 2.0 impact your identity and the culture around you? Think about it for a minute. How often do you send a text to someone that is only composed of emojis to express how you are feeling or your thoughts? In some ways, emojis, and by extension our avatars, are becoming a sort of emotional surrogate for many of us. See, identity is sometimes informed by culture, and the culture of the past 30 years has been influenced heavily by one thing. The internet and the evolution of social media have made way for all types of conversations about identity, self-determination, and even gender. So, how will the next evolution of the internet, the metaverse, inform our identity in the future? That's the topic we will explore in today's episode. My name is Kathy Hackle, and I'll be your captain today on this journey into the unknown. This is episode four. Who am I in the metaverse? I'd like to talk to you about a fresh start on a new world. In James Cameron's 2009 film Avatar, paraplegic marine Jake Sully is dispatched on a mission to win over the Navi, the indigenous people of Pandora. Sully becomes mobile again by syncing his body with a human Navi hybrid called an avatar. While Pandora is a fictional distant moon destination and not explicitly a metaverse, the film captures how many of us today fantasize about how identity in the metaverse could be. In the metaverse, will we be able to transcend the limitations of our physical bodies? Not only movies like Avatar have explored that. There's also the very famous Ready Player One. People come to the Oasis for all the things they can do, but they stay because of all the things they can be. So long as we're human beings with physical bodies, our avatars will continue to play an important role in how we enter the metaverse and how we represent ourselves there. 
You can change the way your avatar looks, the shape, the skin tone, the dimensions, everything can be changed. So everyone can create a unique identity on Roblox. And we think that's important. That identity needs to be both aspirational as, as well as unique to you. That's Craig Donato, the chief business officer at Roblox. He oversees business development and developer relations at the company. He noticed something that I've also observed in my kids, and that's the profound relationship between the next generation's physical and digital selves. I noted the same thing that you did for my teenage son. I noted that he spends more money on clothing for his avatar than he does for his physical self. And I guess I shouldn't be surprised on that because he spends most of his time with his friends outside of school on digital platforms. So his digital identity is very much a representation of who he is and how he interacts with his friends. So, you know, I think this whole metaverse phenomena is a generational one. You know, we think of our kids that grew up playing on internet gaming platforms where they're multi-user gaming platforms. This is the reality they grew up with. They're the metaverse natives, if you will. When COVID hit, I was thinking, how will my son manage all this social isolation? And he took it much easier than I did because he's, you know, he's so comfortable socializing with his friends on a variety of platforms like Roblox and using platforms like Discord. And so I think that for these folks, for these natives, they always spend, or actually I wouldn't even think of it this way, it's, we think of it as that there's this distinct physical world and a digital world, and they're separate. For them, they always have one foot in each, right? To them, they're this kind of gray movement between the two. They're always kind of online as well as in the physical world. So I think, you know, for them, it is actually a representation of who they are and how they interact with others. So it's fundamental to us. It's this kind of distinct separate identity. For them, it is part of their primary identity. As he outlines, the generation growing up today is much more used to the idea of representing themselves online, whether that's on social media or in games. But Kelly Vero reminds us that avatars have long been a tool for exploring identity. She is a consultant at Core Game and a gaming industry veteran. The purpose of the avatar inside the metaverse is to really truly look inside ourselves. That's what we did in games millions of years ago. That's why everybody rushed to games like Halo 3 to try and be Master Chief or go to Raider to be Lara Croft. And now we have this opportunity to just simply be us. And how we find ourselves inside the metaverse is really what sticks. And so the more that we can look into that kind of narcissist pond and not fall in, the better opportunity we have. Lindsay McInerney agrees. She's the global head of technology and innovation at AVMBEV. Culture is about identity and exploring identity. It's what subcultures and countercultures have been doing you know, forever. Brands, really interesting niche brands, that's what they do really well, is, is they partner up or they define culture. And, you know, I think in the past five, ten years, we've seen people start to explore and play with identity in really new and interesting ways. And of course, there's been interesting waves always. You've had, you know, hippie culture, you've got skateboard culture, you've got punk culture, you've got hip hop and R&B. And there's so many interesting things that make us human and, you know, part of communities. And you're starting to see some of this shape up online. But what's really interesting about the metaverse is that it provides this blanket of anonymity. Someone choose that to be how they'd like to appear. And when you're anonymous, I think that gives you the ability to explore 
lots of things, good and bad, but certainly identity in a way that the real world doesn't permit you to. The avatar can become an exploration of the self, but it can also give us the opportunity to be multiple selves or explore multiple identities or facets of identity at once. I think in 2030, we're all gonna have many different identities and we're gonna be excited about that. That's Scott Belsky, Chief Product Officer and Executive Vice President on Creative Cloud at Adobe. He paints a picture of a future where every identity can create and participate in different types of content, um, can have different social networks. And so in some ways, think about the amount of creativity that, that will stimulate, especially as people can explore the other parts of themselves. For more on this, I turn to Lauren Kunsi. She's the CEO of Pandora Bots and Iconic, and the creator of Kuki, one of the world's most advanced conversational AIs. Identity in the metaverse is a huge topic, obviously, and I think a lot of the current coverage has focused very much on the identity of individual human users. So what their avatar will look like in the metaverse, which is obviously a huge topic because a lot of people are going to want realistic versions of themselves or versions that look slightly better as we're seeing today with the zoom filters or something completely different. I don't know if you've been watching the show on Fox that's airing right now called Alter Ego that's letting people perform and sing who might have had, you know, certain physical or psychological barriers to performing in a commercial setting previously but are now able to overcome that by using an avatar, which is also running on the Unreal Engine, which is super duper cool. I've been able to engage with Kuki several times and even had the chance to interview her live on Clubhouse. And she, in turn, interviewed me at Crypto Fashion Week. I feel like I know Kuki and she knows me. If I ask her who I am, she remembers me, which always blows my mind. And if you think about it, it's actually kind of interesting that I'm assigning a gender and identity to an AI. Just like Lauren, I've been watching Alter Ego, and I've been really interested in seeing the responses of people watching the show. It doesn't have to be us hiding behind an avatar. It can be about us being empowered by our avatar, just like the singers are empowered in Alter Ego. Tonight, unlikely singers from across America get a second chance to reinvent themselves and become the next generation superstar. What? Using state-of-the-art technology, <gasps> contestants will perform backstage while their alter egos mimic every move and sound they make. In addition to avatars themselves, Carrie Murphy of The Fabricant says digital fashion and the way we dress our avatar is a great avenue for exploring identity. Removed from serving its functional purpose of protecting our body from the elements, clothing in the metaverse can be an avenue for exploring new fantastical identities. This really is focused on, on the identity side of, of people's expression. And the, 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 the great thing about digital fashion is it removes uh, certain things. So it removes the fact that you need to put it on your body, keep yourself warm, so all, the, all that functionality. It's like digital fashion is not functional. Digital fashion is only there for storytelling purposes. It's only there for your identity. Now, what happens when you start engaging with digital fashion, especially items that you would never wear 
in your real life, you actually start looking at yourself in, in a much more richer way. You know, uh, the, the, the word gender fluid is being used around a lot at the fabricant. Once we start talking about gender and identity, Murphy says we can truly appreciate how fluid and open things could be in the metaverse. Because your identity, you start understanding that your identity is much more than, than we set out to be. We're starting to break stereotypes. You know, I'll give an example of myself. I'm a white male, 39 years old, originally come from Finland, from a small village. I'm heterosexual. You know, so it's all of these kind of layers that I put into, in, into my storytelling in, in my physical life. But in, in the metaverse, I don't have that. You know, I, I think of myself as much more than that. Oh, I, I compl- totally break the words that I just used. I, I, this don't exist for me in, in the metaverse because there I can be anybody and try out different things that, that I like. You know, essentially really playing on the word fluidity that you, you really get to shift spectrum on, on sexuality, on, on gender, on basically any kind of visual form that we embody, any, any um, spiritual form we embody and just get to play with that and see how rich we actually are when we st- truly start expressing ourselves. So it's going to be really interesting to see how culture will be formed through that. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. But this digital exploration of identity and self isn't just fun and games. For Murphy, it can actually break down barriers in real life and help us question the origin of social norms and even gender roles. And I think that the digital is really going to start playing a role in our physical lives because we're starting to break these barriers that don't exist in the digital. We're going to start breaking those in the physical world as well where we're really going to start thinking of like, hey, why do we have these societal layers why why do they look like this who you know who determined this um so there's going to be definitely a lot of just disruption and i already see even with my friends group that it's quite vulnerable for the people who are not participating in this who don't identify themselves in let's say in gender fluid who really find peace and safety within their own stereotype so that i think there's going to be a polarization of two different groups, the people who you know, truly understand it and truly want to partake, and the people who are like really more focused on, hey, actually, I like the societal layers, you know, it gives me peace. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's not going to be too much conflict uh, between these two groups. 
because I already feel like it's happening on, on different levels in society. So this might be just another way we're going to start finding some challenges. But, you know, the culture will form naturally through it. And yeah, honestly, I don't exactly have an answer exactly what it's going to be, but I'm super excited to be part in, in, in creating that. And the, the whole idea is like always, so the question is, how do we create value? You know, how do, how, do, how do we not make people's lives worse, but how do we make people's lives better? And I, for me, at least my personal journey through the fabric, it has been that my life has gotten a lot better once I was able to start breaking those barriers that I had set for myself simply because somebody put weird digital clothing on my 3D scan and I was able to look at myself from third person perspective, from a very safe angle and be like, wow. That, that's not me in my physical life, but that is me. And I really connect to that identity. So we're going to really, this conversation of identity is going to become a big part of culture. As Erikan Opotitokudo highlights, exploring new identities in the metaverse can be an avenue for not only self-expression, but also cross-cultural empathy and understanding. Yeah, I think culture and identity in the metaverse, which even expanding this definition of the metaverse, let's let's continue to just expand it and say it is an alternative world where opportunities hopefully are endless. She is the founder and managing partner at Audacity, a crypto VC fund investing in Black and African-led crypto startups across the globe. And and hopefully that world then becomes empowers and emboldens us to be to show up even more boldly in our real real world. And culture and identity is very important in that because the way that the quote-unquote metaverse is built is inherently based on whoever is building it and their culture and their identity. And so someone building a game today, if they identify or if the world identifies them as a cisgendered male, if, if someone identifies as a you know, a Southeast Asian man or woman, that is going to inform and influence what code they write, what colors they add, what characters they draw. So all of that, we can never separate ourselves from culture and identity inherently because it informs our world perspective and it informs our perspective of what we create in our imagination. It also informs our curiosity. So maybe I identify as an African woman, but I'm super curious about Swedish culture. I'm curious about that culture because I don't have regular exposure to it because I have automatic exposure to being African. So I'm curious about other things because I recognize what my culture and identity is as it stands inherently, biologically, etc. When there's a limited number of people creating culture, it inherently will leave some people out. That's why, as she goes on to highlight, it's important that the metaverse isn't being created by one person or one company. For more on this, you can refer back to episode two on collaboration and co-creation. So I think ultimately the best metaverse is one in which as many people as possible get a shot to build it, as many people get a shot to influence it, and as many people get a shot to benefit from it. And these are all really important things because historically a lot of the technology that is built at the very most granular level 
is oftentimes created by two core demographics. And that is, and I'm sharing this from a place of love, and that that is predominantly uh, Caucasian white male and Asian male and cis male. And those are, those, those groups have done really impressive jobs in creating all the things that they've created, but it means that there's been such a concentration on a, a limited perspective of what could be of the world, of imagination, of fantasy, given those two demographics representative population in the world. There are just about 50-50 amount of men and women in the world. The, the majority of the world spans the full spectrum of color and identity. The majority of the world is actually in Asia, in Latin America, in Africa. And so if we're going to really create just anything, literally from physical objects to digital objects that are incredibly viral and astronomically impact as many of the 8 billion people on this planet, we're just going to bear, just looking at the numbers, going to need more and more various identities. And that's from disability or differently abled people. That's from people who have different life experiences, that all of these things inform culture and inform identity. So we're going to need a wider scope and spectrum of people to create games, to create digital worlds, because that then allows everybody to truly experience the, the reality of our actual lives that are too hard in our physical world for people to grasp, but that can finally become accessible in the digital world. So culture and identity is super important, just as a bare minimum for us all to get honest about how it influences what we create, what we invest in, what we buy and what we consume. In particular, culture and identity is important to me because I am just really excited about all the abundant things that I want the world to understand about the vast African continent. I am from that continent. I am proudly from Nigeria. I am proudly from the two parts of Nigeria that my ethnic tribes and ancestors are from. And hey, I want to create things. I want to invest in things. I want to develop assets in things that are a reflection of that. So as we head into Web3, I think our identities are going to become even more complex and beautiful. That's Don Allen Stevenson III. He's a top augmented reality creator and educator. I have learned a lot from him. As Don Allen outlines, identity in the metaverse is very complex, and we can have different identities we assume for different audiences and circumstances. The metaverse now allows us to strategically access and enact those identities and supercharge them if we want to. We're going to have a lot more niche, like, identities, things that are hyper-specific. Uh, and then in that, I feel like there's a lot of beauty to be had. I think blanket statements about identities were going to start to become irrelevant because the, allow you know, the allowance of the metaverse having super-hyper-specific identities uh, identities is going to be, you know, multiplied. So the main way that I think identity is going to change in the metaverse is becoming more complex and more beautiful. He explains it's not a matter of if we'll create a new kind of culture in the metaverse. It's already happening. I definitely think we're going to create culture in the metaverse because I see it right now in games and I feel like that's a precursor to Web3. There's a culture in Fortnite when I'm playing with my little cousins there's certain dance moves or certain like gestures that only work in the game that have a specific understanding and shared meaning within that metaverse. I'll give you a specific example. In Fortnite, there's no rule that says like, if you see an enemy, how to make them your friend. There's not like a button for that. 
And what I found in the Fortnite culture is if crouch gesture twice in a row, like they do like crouch, crouch towards you, that means you want to be friends, do you want to partner up? We don't have to be enemies, we don't have to fight. And yet that gesture is very culturally specific to Fortnite. That doesn't, you know, if I tried that in my, um, in real life reality, if I wanted to say, hey, let's be friends, I do a crouch, crouch gesture, I don't think that would translate the same as the culture in the Fortnite metaverse where that means let's let's team up, let's be buddies. Um, it's a way of communicating without speech. So, you know, when you're not teamed up with somebody in Fortnite, you can't use your microphone to say, hey, let's be buddies. So what evolved in that metaverse of Fortnite was let's use our visual you know, body gestures to hint and suggest at a shared meaning that transcends what we can do normally. So far, we've discussed how the metaverse could potentially free ourselves from the restrictions of physical bodies to explore new identities like Jake Sully and Avatar. But what about identities that go beyond digital representation of our alter egos and instead are entirely fiction? Lauren Kunsi has something interesting to say about that. So I think identity conversations have historically to date really focused around the identity of the user, but there's a whole other universe of identities in you know what in gaming is traditionally known as non-player characters or NPCs. And in the metaverse, those technologies like Kooky Evolve, you know, may come to have a different name. We're using a very academic terminology, which is embodied AI. Although you've seen other terms floating around from digital human to virtual being. Here, I'm reminded of one internet celebrity that has received a lot of attention as of late. You're probably asking yourself, how is this robot talking to me right now? Did y'all hear about the robot invasion of 2020? I mean, I've been around for a minute, but I feel like last year was on a whole other level. If you're late to the party, hey, I'm Michaela. I'm a 19-year-old robot living in LA making music and, well, <laughs> I guess just keep watching and catch up. Meet little Michaela. The project of Michaela started as an Instagram account, but has since taken on an entire life of its own. She now boasts millions of followers across platforms and has collaborated with brands like Prada and Calvin Klein. She's known as a virtual influencer, a new breed of influencer that transcends and challenges identity as we know it, and questions whether or not a human body is even necessary to be an online personality. As Kunsi explains, disclosure is important for these types of characters, but they can also be useful for engagement, entertainment, and beyond. We don't particularly like the nomenclature of virtual human or digital human because these beings are not actually human, right? They're AIs and we think it's super important for that to be disclosed and obvious within the design of the system, particularly with the rise of deep fakes and technology increasingly getting to the point where we won't be able to tell the difference between something that's human and something that is an artificial intelligence. So when we think about identity for these AIs, you know, Kuki is really one particular type of character and she's designed somewhat similar to Siri and Alexa, except she is for companionship, engagement, entertainment. A lot of people use her to practice English rather than sort of assistance or task-oriented use cases. But you can think of her as similar to Siri or Alexa insofar as she is kind of an operating system, but with her own personality um, and her own embodiment. 
Although we are actually working on a very cool project right now that I can't talk too much about yet, but that is going to let, you know, Kooky's friends and fans who chat with her on a regular basis have more of a say in determining what she looks like, what she sounds like, whether she is a she or a he or an it. Because we did a very extensive amount of user testing to determine how Kooky should look, right? She already had a personality as embodied in the text of her replies, but since we're evolving from a text-based chatbot to a voice-based chatbot to full-on embodied AI, you know, we had to decide what does her hair color look like? What is her eye color, etc. And so that was, that was developed based on extensive user testing, based on what her current audience wanted to see in the character, but obviously not everybody wants the same thing. And if you have an AI BFF in the metaverse, you might want your AI sidekick to look like a dog or a cat or an alien um, or a boy. So um, figuring out how to really involve her, her greatest fans in sort of what she looks like and getting a look that's more personalized to people is how we see the evolution of her identity. Because as an AI, that identity is fluid, right? She can shapeshift. She's not constrained in the same way that humans are. Although, you know, the metaverse arguably lifts a lot of identity constraints that we humans have in the physical world, you know, largely tied to sort of those superficial things that people judge us for, the way we look, the pitch of our voice, et cetera, et cetera, that people are freed from in the metaverse in, in the same manner. It's here that I think back to Jake Sully in Avatar, the James Cameron character that used his avatar to transcend physical limitations, to fall in love, and become the hero of his own story in a way. What identities will you assume in the metaverse? Are we moving towards a moment where labels to our physical bodies are erased by the anonymity and possibility of digital representation? I will tell you, this episode was definitely one of the hardest ones for our team to work on. Because identity and culture are so incredibly important to who we are today and in the future. So I ask you again, who are you in the metaverse? Are you you? Will you be a hologram or an avatar? Who do you become when digital and physical worlds collide? In our next episode, we are going to have a lot of fun. We're going to explore entertainment. And trust me, it'll be a fun ride. The Metaverse Marketing Podcast was brought to you by Adweek. It's hosted by me, Kathy Hackle, and edited by Divergent Productions. Amanda Costco is our executive producer, and Nick Gardner is Adweek's production director. If you're listening to us on a podcasting app, you already know how to get your podcasts. So please subscribe and review this one. If you're on Adweek's website, consider subscribing to the podcast by searching Metaverse Marketing in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Tune in next week for episode four of eight as we continue down the metaverse rabbit hole and explore the future. We're now halfway through our first season. You're listening to Adweek's Metaverse Marketing Podcast, hosted by Kathy Hackle. For any feedback, email podcast at adweek.com. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you in the metaverse.
Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 